Hey, this is Stacey and Megan, and we are finally back together for a What We Are Cooking and Eating Now episode. If you're a regular listener, you might know that in June and July, we each had friends as guests so that we could take some time off, but now we are back, baby. And it feels so good. Um, In case you're new to our What We're Cooking and Eating Now series, in each episode, we share six meal ideas. You can turn these ideas into your meal plan for the next week, or you can saddle on over to our free listeners community to get more ideas on our weekly meal planning threads. Check out both the free discussion board to get this week's links and more details about our supporting membership at didn'tijustfeedyou.com backslash community. Yeah, the community. It's pop- been popping this summer. It so has. if you're not been in so there, fun to jump back in. You are missing out. Okay, Stacey, you just came back from three plus weeks of traveling. Specifically, you were in Africa and you're currently living in the country house while the Brooklyn kitchen is being renovated, which that feels like a lot. So I want to know two things. First is what is like the your most favorite meal you ate on your trip? And then second thing is like, are you just like bare minimum cooking um, since you're home and dealing with jet lag or are you inspired to cook more? Oh, good question. Okay, so what we ate on the trip. First of all, I just want to explain. I actually just posted this morning on my personal Instagram. I'm at Stacey Billis about what it's like when you're on safari. We weren't on safari the whole time, but it's literally impossible to feel hungry. (laughs) It's just like food, 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 more food, more food. Okay. (laughs) So you wake up in the morning, like five o'clock, 530 in the morning, and then you get coffee and a little bite. You go on your first game drive and then there you stop for tea. But with tea, there's also snackies and pastries and little things. You get back for a proper brunch, like by the fire, like pancakes, waffles, porridge, eggs, like the whole nine. Then you take a long rest. In between your rest or like in the middle of your rest, you stop for lunch. You go back to the main lunch to eat lunch. Then at three o'clock, there's a tea time that you can go to for tea and more snacks like samosas and little bites and tea sandwiches before you go on your evening game drive at like 3.30. Then when you go on your evening game drive, you stop at some point, 5.30-ish, 6, for wine or drinks, a cocktail, more snacks. <laughs> and then you get back, usually by like 6.37. And then at some point before you go to bed, you go have your dinner. So wait, am I counting eight meals yeah, in no, a single real, day? So I was trying to count a lot, and then I feel like I lost track at some point. <laughs> it's so wild. So the whole vacation, I was like, am I... I might never feel hungry again. (laughs) I just feel like there's no, like even the boys who are voracious eaters were like, I felt full, long-term full the earliest, but like mid-trip, even Isaac, who can just eat pounds and pounds of food was like, ah, I might never feel hungry again. (laughs) What's hunger feel like? And it's all so, so good. A lot of it is quote unquote, continental cuisine, because a lot of these safaris have, you know, chefs who are trained in the top culinary schools around their countries. Right. South. I was in South Africa and Zimbabwe personally. So there is definitely, there was definitely some like South African local cuisine, 
especially in the Boma dinners, which are the outdoor group candlelit dinners where they have like torches and the grill going. A lot of it, though, is like continental cuisine. So I was excited when we had the opportunity at the Boma dinners, at certain Mm -hmm. safari meals and at restaurants around Cape Town and Johannesburg to get some more traditional food. The other thing is in South Africa, there are the Cape Malays, and I won't get into the whole history. I shared this on my Instagram at some point because I found it so interesting that some of the first enslaved people that the Dutch brought to South Africa were from South Asia, Malaysia, Indonesia, India. And these are people who were brought forcibly to South Africa, but then formed roots there. And because much later, apartheid were kept separate, but then there was intermixing between these bloodlines, you know, these South Asian bloodlines, but sometimes with Black people, sometimes with white colonizers. But this woman who was our cooking teacher, did, who did a Cape Malay cooking class, actually said that they found that Cape Malay people have some of the most diverse DNA in all the world. Interesting. Because of this, you know, melting pot forced melting pot because of colonization. So a lot of the food that's traditional in South Africa in the Cape Malay community, but also just became popular, Cape Malay cuisine became popular in South Africa, as I understand it, is South Asian. Curries, masala spices, samosas, which was really interesting and not what I expected. And my favorite traditional thing that I ate is kind of the unofficial, at least what a couple of people told me, the unofficial like main dish of South Africa, boboti, which is curried ground beef. And then you cook it with like stale bread and stuff, but it's basically a curried ground beef. And then you bake it with an egg on top. That's one, sounds amazing. It too sounds like an incredible weeknight meal. Is right like ground beef that's so easy cooks in a couple of minutes. You've got all of us have steel bread that needs to be used up, and like building the curry doesn't seem like it would take that much time. Or probably there are shortcuts that you can buy, especially in South Africa, and then putting an egg on it make it so hearty and instant additional sauce for it. Totally. So it was great. And actually, we didn't make it in our cooking class, but I wrote to my cooking teacher afterwards and I was like, I know we didn't make it, but can I get your boboti recipe, please? So at some point, we will definitely share it because it's on my list for fall. But then I came back. Yeah, you came back and like immediately went to the farmer's market. Uh, I saw on your Instagram. So like because I left and things weren't in season. Yeah. And now now it's like the heart of summer produce season. So inspired, but also simple. Okay. So maybe because you got to talk to us about your trip a little bit, instead of like walking, and if it's simple things, instead of like walking through one whole recipe, do we just each want to do like real quick run through of what we cooked and ate? Sure. Okay. So what have you been, your uh, your upstate, the boys are still off of school. I feel like this is like helpful, a little bit helpful context. Yeah. They're off of school for like a whole other I know. Mine are headed back. I can't believe it. That's so wild. It's so wild. We don't go back until like September 7th. (laughs) But I had a whole month of summer break before your kids were off. You did, but you didn't. I don't think it was a whole month. I was just because my kids were asking. They were like, when did Megan's kids get off? 
The end of May, like May 24th. Yeah, my kids were done June 12th or June 9th. Okay. So I don't understand why my kids don't have enough school. It's a story <laughs> for another episode. Anyway. Another episode. Okay, so, so. Keeping it really simple. I'm not even going to go through dinners because, to be honest, I've not been home quite an, and not jet lagged to be yeah. like cooking dinners consistently. But I'll tell you what I've made. Okay. Okay. I've made a bunch of tomato sandwiches. Yes. Okay. What I had hoped to say here is that I also made focaccia, but I didn't yet. It's on my list actually today. But like the first day I was going to make it, I was like, I don't have yeast. And then the next day I went to the market, but I ended up at Trader Joe's instead of the regular market. And can you believe Trader Joe's didn't have yeast? That feels incorrect. But I I mean, obviously that was your lived experience. But like, (laughs) (laughs) thank you for validating me. I asked. I asked the guy. They didn't have yeast. So then it was like, oh, I have to go to the market. So then it like it kept dragging out. Yes. But my my goal, my goal is to make homemade focaccia and have the tomato sandwich be on that. In the meantime, I just bought from the bakery. We have a great bakery up here. Sourdough, sliced sourdough. Nice. And I haven't done, I've seen while I was traveling, you know, you're on social media more. You have a lot of downtime, a lot of like travel time. For kake tomato sandwiches, we're yeah, taking Eric, over. Eric Kim is like, listen, yeah. I love a tomato sandwich as a southern raised boy, but we got to spice it up a little totally. bit. Totally. So I've seen all these different versions, but I was just happy to have literally Duke's Maldon salt tomatoes sliced sourdough. So that's yeah. what I've made a bunch of times. We cooked, Oliver actually cooked bacon one day because he made himself carbonara. Yum. It turned into scrambled egg pasta. Yeah. But he tried. Um, <laughs> Lesson learned. Lesson that's, its learned. Own, that's its own thing. Totally. Scrambled egg pasta. And that's then good. I used the extra bacon that he cooked to do like bacon and tomato sandwiches. Great. No lettuce, just bacon, tomato, mayo. Another thing that I did, I felt like I was hoping you were watching me on Instagram so that you'd feel proud of me because I like getting your affirmation. I bought apricots. And to me... I love cooked apricots, so I'd often roast them and then serve them with burrata, but I really felt like baking a cake, which never happens. But for me, there's some kind of association I have between apricots and creamy things like sour cream cake or cream cheese. I think it's because I love apricot Danish. Okay, that tracks. Right? But I didn't want to make the Danish dough because that's very involved. But on a website that I had never heard of before, but seems to be very popular called Beyond Kimchi. Okay. I found a recipe for a simple apricot cake where you bake the cake, you, you know, you make the batter, you put the apricots, you bake it most of the way, but then 20 minutes before it's done, you take it out and you just pour this simple custard on top and then you put it back in the oven for 20 minutes. And it came out great. So I'm really excited to share the recipe. I really liked it. Okay. I am proud of you for baking. Thank I you. did say, I saw on your Instagram that you made the cake. I'm so curious about this recipe yeah. because it kind of reminds me of, have you ever had like this like old school brownie pudding recipe where you make like a dry mix and you basically then pour boiling water on it right before you stick it in the oven. And no. so then it makes... It bakes up so you have like this thin crackly layer of like gooey brown, like a brownie, Ooh, but then underneath like is like 
warm molten pudding and you like eat it with ice cream. Something about you saying you pour custard over the top. I'm like, oh, does that make it have like a custard layer? Does it get crispy on the top? Like what? Yeah. What happens? Yeah. So it it gets custardy. It's a pretty thin layer, but there are spots where the custard pooled a little bit more and then you can really tell it's custardy. The cake itself was a little bit dense. It was based off of a German, mm, I'm not going to say it right. There's a traditional German apricot cake, like a snacking cake. I know Austria also has a version. So I think the cake recipe was based off that. It was basically, you know, you make your dry mix and then you cut cold butter into it until it becomes coarse sand, add the eggs, and that made a really thick batter. Yeah. That I topped with the apricots. And then the custard was actually really interesting. Let me pull up the recipe because maybe you're familiar with this, but I've never done this before. I basically whipped together whipping cream, two teaspoons of flour, some sugar, one egg, and vanilla extract. Yes. Right? But I've never really done the whipping cream and the egg and the flour. Yeah, the flour is like a little bit of starch stabilizer in it. I'd never done that before. And so that's what I pour it on top. Yeah. And it just got like a little bit of gooey. So, you know, like an, an apricot Danish, like in c- certain corners. Right, the edges get like caramelized yes. in a really satisfying way. Yes. And there was some crackle on top, but not like major crackle, not like a brownie or a blondie. Yeah. And I love the idea of like, because, you know, the apricots kind of can sink and shrink and then that custard fills in the gaps. So I bet it does like a really beautiful thing for making it feel even and like every bite is super satisfying. Yes, totally. Also, we used to have an apricot tree in our Boise house and that made me feel kind of like nostalgic and miss it. It it did like every other year of fruiting. Anyways. I love apricots. One last thing that I want to tell you about this. You also influenced me not just to bake, but I hit a beautiful briny sea before my vacation and I ordered a bunch of sugars, including their vanilla sugar, which like has some sort of name, some sort of cute name. I can't remember. Oh, it does. Like stardust. Yes. Something yes. like that. Yes. And I sprinkled that on top too. And it was really good. So I made that. One night, Oliver and I were home alone for dinner and I was planning on making burgers And then I kind of changed it and I was going to make braised beans because I have these beautiful cherry tomatoes that I got at the farmer's market, but maybe I bought a little too much at the farmer's market and things Mm -hmm. are starting to turn. So so I was going to make like a, I was going to cook them down into a jammy sauce and just braise some white beans. But then he saw taco shells at Walmart Mm. and everything changed. So (laughs) ground beef tacos in hard shells. Nothing exciting. Crispy beef tacos with uh, shishitos and avocado on the side. Shishitos came from the farmer's market. And then the one like really yummy meal, like it was uh, my first Sunday night at home and I wanted to make a nice meal for the family, grilled chicken satay. So I just marinated chicken breast, threw it on the grill, made a quick peanut sauce, and then I made plain steamed rice and coconut braised green beans. That sounds so good. It was actually really good. I was very excited to eat it. Maybe I'm a little bit hungry right now, but it's reminding me that on Instagram, I saved someone's reel about making like satay style like skewers. Mm -hmm. 
But they did like a garlic Parmesan butter sauce and air fried the skewers. Oh. And I have been thinking about that for oh, a while. I haven't made it so yet. good. But I will, maybe we'll share the link to the, the reel because I'm like, oh yeah, let's do that. So I don't have a recipe for the satay. I actually followed a recipe that I found uh, in a magazine and tore from the magazine in South Africa. It was a story by one of the first South African-born Michelin-starred chef. He, there was a story on him, and he shared a bunch of recipes, and it was really simple. And it used a common South African curry blend, and I had bought some at the spice market. So I don't know how I can share the recipe, but don't we have a recipe for peanut sauce? We do have a recipe for peanut sauce. That's like our combined peanut yes. sauce knowledge. I wonder if you do you still have the torn out page. I wonder if we could like find the article online. I do. I have a picture of it, a PDF. So okay. I can probably just post it in a separate thread. So I will okay. get it to you guys. Yeah. But also, I'm going to tell you that the peanut sauce was delicious. So let's also <laughs> link to our peanut sauce okay. recipe because okay. I was kind of wishing really? that it was ours. Oh, and I also served that with ma quickly marinated cucumbers. Yum. So good. So good. We eat cucumbers all the time. Yeah. Year all round. All the time. All the time. It's one of my like family's go-to veggies. Armoire makes getting dressed easy. With a clothing rental membership from Armoire, build the perfect wardrobe with brands that are high quality, unique, and recommended just for you. Is anyone else struggling with what to wear these days? I've been pretty frustrated with getting dressed over the last few months as I've navigated body changes, and some days I quite literally have no idea what to wear. Enter Armoire. Armoire allows you to rent high-quality designer clothing for every occasion. When I signed up, I took a style quiz, and based on my preferences, they offered suggestions that would best match my life. I've been renting clothes from Armoire for a while now, and the more I rent, the more on point the suggestions get. Plus, you send what you wear back, which is a great way to try new styles without waste. Armoire also has such a fantastic range of options. Whether you're planning an outfit for a date night, packing for a conference, or maybe a family event, or just need some updated options for everyday life, you'll be the best dressed person in the room without ever having to find time for an exhausting shopping day. Right now, Didn't I Just Feed You listeners can give Armoire a try and get up to 50% off their first month. That's up to $125 off. Just visit armoire.style slash D-I-J-F-Y. That is armoire.style, A-R-M-O-I-R-E dot style slash D-I-J-F-Y to get up to 50% off your first month and never worry about what to wear again. Try Armoire today. Do you ever feel like you're in a never-ending cycle of snacks and meals? We get it. That's why we're excited to share Home Threads, the ultimate solution for creating a stylish and functional family space. At HomeThreads.com, discover furniture that can handle the chaos of family life. From wipeable dining chairs to kitchen tables and light fixtures. Or you can just freshen up your kitchen with trays, counter lamps, decor, and other affordable accents that will help you update your kitchen into a room you love spending time in. Head over to homethreads.com slash D-I-J-F-Y, short for didn't I just feed you, to get a code for 15% off your first order. Because if you're going to be feeding them three times a day, plus snacks, you deserve a home that feeds your style. Home Threads, love where you live. That's homethreads.com backslash D-I-J-F-Y today to get 15% off your first order. So that's what's up in my house. Tell us what's up in yours. 
What is up in mine? We're so close to school starting. Yes, crazy. I think actually maybe when this airs, school will have started. So that is crazy. It's been a weird July. I don't know how to say that other than it. that's what it's been. So a medium amount of cooking at home. I'm finding myself doing like a, like planning for three meals. And then that way, like we can grab food out while like after we're at the pool or like grab something while we're school shopping. And that has been a really nice balance of like me not overspending on groceries and letting things get weird in the fridge kind of thing. Yeah. And I had been on a really good run of going to the farmer's market every Sunday with my friend Bailey. And the last two weeks I've been like, "Mm, I can't, I just can't muster it. So hopefully once we get into our back to school routine, I can like finish out the rest of the summer because the farmer's market produce has been so good. Like the tomatoes, the peaches have been so good. Corn has been so good. Oh yeah. The peaches. My mother-in-law cooked for us when we first landed and she made a pork loin. All she did was blanch them and peel them and dice them up and they were perfect as is. But then I was like, ooh, let's make them sweet and sour. So she just added like a little bit of vinegar uh, or like a little bit of sugar and vinegar. I think that's what she did. And like, oh, it was so good. Perfection. One of the ideas I was going to share is not inspired by peaches at all. But because I had been going to the farmer's market, we did have a lot of like corn and tomatoes of various states, like large slicer tomatoes and small cherry tomatoes. And so one night I was like, I really just want like corn, like super creamy corn risotto with tomatoes on top. It was so good, of course, because I have one very selective eater who came through the kitchen early and was like, let's for dinner. And then was like, I'm going to get a snack because I don't think I like that. I had to do the most, I don't know, labor intensive thing of like, I didn't put the corn, like all the corn in the risotto. And I didn't, I like grated tomatoes, but only put that in my portion. Anyways, if I had done it in the most ideal way, it would have been this like beautiful pink color with the heirloom tomatoes like grated in it. And then I air fried the corn and air fried a bunch of cherry tomatoes to get them like roasty, toasty and saucy Mm -hmm. and piled that on top. And I was like so excited to eat it. And then it was one of those meals where like everyone fell apart at the dinner table. I also air fried chicken nuggets because I was like, I'm going to like make sure there's something for everybody. And then it was just a disaster meal. (laughs) Well, I have to tell you, if it makes you feel any better, my chicken satay meal that was so good totally also completely fell apart at the end. I'm like, you guys, I'm just trying to make one meal that is like satisfying for me. Like 80% of the meals I think about everyone's needs. And I was still thinking about everyone's needs. Like, can we not fall apart? But did people fall apart over the food? Because my people didn't fall apart over the food. Not necessarily because there were nuggets and like corn on the cob for Ella, who's my more selective eater. And Emmett definitely took risotto and ate and actually ate it and was like, this is really good. But there's the tension between Brian and Ella my, yeah. at, at the dinner table of him being like, well, you have to eat X, Y, Z. And me being like, no. She doesn't. And then it just that's actually what like dissolved the whole thing. So (laughs) I only like and like I'm not sharing 
I'm sharing mostly in commiseration. Like there is the reality of having elementary, middle school age kids and still dealing with them not liking what's for dinner. And, you know, we're always like, oh, feed yourself first. And sometimes you try to do that and it still <laughs> is like not an enjoyable totally. experience. Totally. And it's funny because we didn't fall apart. We were just jet lagged and like yes. I was annoyed at Isaac and then Mike was jumping in to like tell Isaac not to talk to me that way, but like talked over me like three times. So then I looked at him and I was like, okay, you're actually annoying me too. Like it just became like a triangle of exhaustion and like we're all done with each other. But it was so, it actually became a bigger thing for me. And I didn't do my part to diffuse it because I had cooked this meal. It was like, the first nice like the first we're not just surviving on tomato sandwiches and fumes meal i was like i did it it's sunday night like i'm excited i cooked and i was like more it heightened the emotionality for me yes it's exactly that and it's also like too much togetherness yeah that in my opinion (laughs) well that's my 16 year old hightailed it back into Brooklyn Yes, (laughs) to crash with friends for a week. Like, bye-bye. Yes. (laughs) I wish I could do the same. I wish my children could do the same. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so that sounds delicious, though. Do you have a recipe that you're going to be able to share with us? We'll link to. I think it's a Jamie Oliver recipe that I've, like, cooked for a really long time. And I always think risotto is actually like a sneakily great weeknight dinner because you don't it does. It's not as much effort as you think it is. And it's like one a one bowl or kind of like a bowl meal and everyone can top their own depending on what you do. Yep. Um, And the air fryer was a great like companion to that. So you did you cut the corn off the cob and then toss it with the tomatoes and put in the air fryer or you put the cob? I put the whole cob because then it and like on the roast function uh-huh. of my so it like browned Ooh, the corn. I love it. Which is a, like, you know, I love microwave corn and that's like a great, but I had the air fryer out so I could do the nuggets. And in the process, I was like, oh, I'll just go ahead and do the corn and then do the tomatoes too instead of like turning on the oven, roast everything in batches while the risotto is cooking. And did you put the tomatoes into a dish that was safe? No. You put it right directly in your. Right. I had like a whole pint of cherry Mm -hmm. tomatoes and I just dumped them into the air fryer with a little tiny drizzle of olive oil and salt. There was definitely like more cleanup in doing that than if I like lined it with a parchment liner, but it felt worth it to me because I wanted the caramelized bits that you get from roasting. And were you able to get like everything out of it? Yeah, yeah, because it's it's like that nonstick. Yeah, totally. Yeah, you know, because we both have the same air fryer. You know, the little like racks. Yeah, I I did pull those out and actually like scrape out the caramelized juices underneath, but it was really quick, like eight minutes. Ooh, I love it. Roasting them. Yes, um, and it was just great to like not turn on the oven because it's been really hot. Okay, then another recipe we cooked recently and su- was also rice-related, but surprisingly didn't lead to any meltdowns. Yes. <laughs> Although it's easy to modify, is we contributed a salmon and rice bowl to our friend Kelsey Nixon's August. She has this thing called Recipe Club. And in August, we contributed a recipe to it, which I think we've talked about like salmon and rice bowls a million times, mm-hmm. but we've never put down 
a recipe for it. And so because we were contributors, I just wanted to like run it, write it down on paper. And it's real like it's really simple. You cube salmon instead of like roasting whole pieces and you cook the salmon cubes really quickly in a marinade that's like ginger, garlic, soy sauce, a little bit of brown sugar. So they get kind of caramelized and then serve it over rice with from frozen edamame, cucumbers and avocado. And the nice thing for me about that dish is that Ella, you know, Ella's not a seafood fan, but she can fill up her bowl with like the the edamame, cucumber yes, and avocado totally. and so still smart. feel satisfied by it. So we will link to Recipe Club and I think... In the future, we'll be able to also share that whole recipe, too. But Recipe Club is, like, really useful and might be great for back to school. Yeah. Can we give it a shout out? Because I think it is really great for back to school, right? Yes. So you basically yeah. join Kelsey's Recipe Club at KelseyNixon.com. She releases recipes in batches. And it's cool because, like, once you're a member, there's actually a, a component where you can sort of vote on the things you need for the coming month months too. Like she gives options and then people vote on them. And it is so extensive. It is a great tool, especially if you're like new to meal planning and new to cooking. Every recipe like has ingredients and has instructions, but then she does an instructional cooking video of like exactly how to do it and includes photos for like how to parcel it out if you have a toddler, how to parcel it out if you have a picky eater, and then like the adult portion as well. And when you join, you don't just get access to like our recipe, like the August recipes, but you get access to the whole entire archive of recipes. I have a membership, but and, and so I like pop in regularly sometimes for ideas or sometimes for specific recipes, but I'm not like as enmeshed in it as someone else might be just because of like obviously what we do for work. But I feel like there's message boards and stuff too, so you can ask for help. Um, and she includes like cheat sheets for stuff the way we have like great shopping lists and meal plans and stuff too. And I just think it's great because when we talk about meal planning, we often say like, don't start with a million resources. Like don't go into your kitchen pull every single cookbook. Start with one extensive resource that you trust and just meal plan for the week from there. And I think Recipe Club is a great place to start practicing that skill. Yes. Um, and great if you just like need to turn off your meal planning brain for back to school, which <laughs> I feel like I might need to. Okay, last thing. And this is very uh, farmer's market centric. This is another meal that I basically made for myself. And then the kids had grilled cheese. I bought the most gorgeous, tiny, almost patty pan shaped sweet peppers at the farmer's market and stuffed them with some of the leftover rice from salmon bowls and some of the like Trader Joe's caramelized onion cheese caramelized onion cheddar and prosciutto yum and we brian and i had those alongside some butter beans from the farmer's market that i just cooked in like chicken broth with a little bit of preserved lemon and one of the beautiful briny sea seasonings maybe the campfire because it's a little bit like smoky and there's lots of um cumin in there and then zucchini fritters, which, you know, I love zucchini fritters and I feel like I make them once a week in August. I love fritters in general. Yes. That all sounds so good. That last meal sounds great. The kids didn't eat anything from that menu? No. Oh, fritter. The zucchini oh, fritters. Yeah. Okay. yeah, they love those. And do they just eat them plain or do they dip them in something? 
It just depends on the night. I think a lot of times we'll make a dip or serve them with ranch. <laughs> I know that's so lowbrow, like to make beautiful uh, cornmeal zucchini fritters and then just like pour on the Hidden Valley. <laughs> sounds delicious. So you use cornmeal. I only use flour. Okay. This is very interesting. I do not follow a recipe, even though I'm pretty sure we have a recipe that we've shared. I literally just like eyeball the amount of the zucchini that I have. And sometimes I do cornmeal. Sometimes I do all flour. I am about to attempt this week. So it might go up on our Instagram before this episode airs using leftover veggie straws. I saw that. <laughs> For uh, this Instagram series, or I've been trying to like clean out this one basket in the pantry of like snacks that are half eaten. I've made them with chickpea flour for my gluten-free and dairy-free friend. I have also like opened up a box of Jif cornbread and like basically made it and then also added shaved zucchini. I just think this is it speaks to the versatility of fritters. Totally. Like, and you're inspiring me because I also don't use a recipe, but I do the same basic thing each time. Yeah. Which just is like what? Flour, flour egg, egg, zucchini, and then usually sumac. And I mean, I tend to do like, I tend to do like, you know, either Middle Eastern or Mediterranean flavors. So like sumac, fresh mint, dried mint sometimes chives sometimes but like a mixture of fresh herbs maybe some garlic sometimes sometimes not sometimes some grated onion sometimes not but it's that zucchini mint chive sumac vibe yeah. all the and time and that seems like it would be so good in like dipped in some like lemony greek yogurt totally or like even just any kind of whipped feta cheese or even crumbled feta on top yeah but those are the flavors I gravitate towards. And maybe I need to change it up. Yeah, I think I go super basic. I am I love garlic and sometimes green onions if we have them. Yes, green onions, totally. Grated lemon zest, which I don't, Brian always says he doesn't like lemon. And so I just sneak it in because I feel like. And then does he totally tell? not notice? No, he likes yeah, it. Yeah, he does not. <laughs> it's just like this little tiny bit of brightness. I have done, again, I'm just such a. So weirdly ranch obsessed. I feel kind of embarrassed in this what? season about it. I don't know why. But then like the Trader Joe's ranch seasoning or the Hidden Valley Ranch powder in there to make them like a little bit more kid friendly. I think you can go like so many. You could do like taco seasoning e even. I've added like very softly mashed sort of like crumbled uh, canned chickpeas oh, to make them heartier nice. yeah. too. Love it. So I accidentally made a mini episode about <laughs> fritters. There you go. And I feel like in the end, we mentioned more than six recipes, which is just really, really wonderful. So we will share all of the links of recipes that we've mentioned or products that we've mentioned in our free community. If you haven't joined us there yet, why not? Why not? I, listen, I'm not going to spill the beans on anything, but I think back to school is going to be an excellent time to be in the free community. I agree. There's super juicy bonus episodes and some other goodies coming to our supporting community also. So join for free or check out supporting membership at didn't I just feed you.com backslash community. And follow us on Instagram where we are at didn't I just feed you. A humongous thank you to our producer, Samantha Gatsik. I'm Stacy, And I'm Megan. Stay sane and well fed. Until next time, friends. Mm -hmm.